Welcome to a life-changing encounter with the Word of God presented to you by Reverend Bright Nkrumah, the senior pastor at the Kodesh Family Church, Bronx North. He is an anointed pastor and teacher of the Word of God, affecting many lives. Now, get ready to be transformed by this message. Let the kingdom be your goal. Amen. 
seek first my kingdom, and all these other things shall be added unto you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So last week, we began sharing about 120 reasons why you must be a soul winner. Wow. There are many reasons, but we picked 120 and we have shared with you. Wow. And last week, I gave you a few reasons. Right. I gave you about four reasons, isn't that so? Oh, yes. And we said, you must be a soul winner. We are sharing from our prophet's book, Tell Them. And it's a very powerful book. Right. I want everyone to have a copy. If you don't have a copy, we'll give you a copy. And we avail our books to you for free. Super. Are you listening? Yes. Yeah, we avail our books to you for free. So if you are in this church, you're a member of this church, and you don't have the books that we have in this church, we will make them available to you. That's right. It's always good to read Christian books mm. alongside the Bible, and it helps you also to understand the scriptures well. Amen. Are you listening? Oh, the yes. books are like preaching messages. Amen. Amen. So 120 reasons, as we said, number one, you must be a soul winner because that is the great commission. Hallelujah. Amen. That is a great mandate, the great instruction, the great order that was given to us by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I gave you a second reading. I said you must be a soul winner because you were created to carry out the good work of soul winning. Amen. You were created to carry out the good work of soul winning. Hallelujah. Amen. And number four, I said, number three, I said, you must be a soul winner because soul winning gives great joy and energizes Christians. Amen. When you when you are a soul winner, you are always energized. Yeah. And it gives you joy. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. There's fulfillment in soul winning. Amen. Amen. And then I gave you a fourth one, and I said, you must be a soul winner because soul winning generates divine support and protection. Hallelujah. Amen. You receive heavenly support and protection if you are a soul winner. You can pray for protection, but one thing that makes protection, heavenly protection, come to you so easily is when you become a soul winner. Meaning when you witness to unbelievers about salvation, when you talk to people about salvation. Hallelujah. Amen. Today I want to give you a few reasons why you must be a soul winner. And the next reason is that you must be a soul winner because soul winning fulfills the principle of gaining by trading. The principle of gaining by trading. Hallelujah. So God has given us his great salvation and he expects us to take this pound of salvation and share it. This one pound of salvation to share it. And when we share that, he also gives us more of his gifts. When we use that one gift of sharing salvation, he adds to us. Hallelujah. God adds to us. He increases us in his giftings. Amen. Amen. I don't know how many of you want more of God's anointing. Now, every 
one needs the anointing of God. Every Christian needs the anointing of God. And the anointing is simply the Holy Spirit that helps you in everything that you do. Amen. Amen. If you want more of the Holy Spirit, then what you need to do is to do the thing that the Holy Spirit is intended for. If you want to be anointed, you want the Holy Spirit to increase upon your life, then you have to do the thing that the Holy Spirit is giving for. Amen. Amen. If you want more of Christ in you, then you have to do the reason why Christ came. Right. Isn't that so? If you want the favor of your boss at work, then do what your boss likes. It doesn't matter what you like. If you will do what your boss likes, he will be, you will be his favorite. That's right. You may disagree with his principles. You may say that this will not benefit the company, but I prefer that we will do it this way. But if that is not what your boss likes, then it will not benefit you. That's right. Are you listening? So if you want the favor of your boss, do what he likes. And then you receive more of his favor. You receive promotion. You receive the benefits. He asks you. You'll be the one person that he will always call. Amen. Amen. So let us look at this scripture in Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. Jesus told of the parable in Luke chapter 19. Amen. Amen. But in Luke chapter 19, here Jesus tells us of this parable. He says in verse 1, let's read from verse 1. He says, A certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom. And he returned, and he called his ten servants, and delivered them ten pounds, and said unto them, Occupy till I come. So he called his ten servants, and he had ten pounds. So how much did each servant get? A pound each. A pound each. Okay? He says he gave them a pound each, and he said, Occupy till I come. Means work with it until I come. Get busy with it until I come. This is the parable being told by Jesus Christ. He says, Occupy, work with it until I come. Get yourselves busy, get yourself involved with this until I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a message after him saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, then he commanded these servants to be called unto him, to whom he had given the money, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. That he might know how much every man had gained by trading. It means that the master gave you a gift and he was expecting that you would have worked with a gift. 
Are you listening? Oh, yes. He is expecting that you will have worked with the gate. So he said, then came the first, the first servant, saying, Lord, thy pound had gained ten pounds. Wow. 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 One pound, it has gained ten pounds. Wow. Are you listening? You gave me a gift of salvation. You saved me. And through that, I have been able to bring ten more souls to you. I traded with what you gave me. I traded with the gift of salvation. And now, there are ten other people in your kingdom. And he said unto him, Well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in a very little have thou authority over ten cities? Hey. Hey. Because you have been faithful. And another came, saying, Lord, behold, here is thy pound, which I have kept laid at none. Verse 18. The second came, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained five pounds. Are you listening? Oh, yes. Your pound, I couldn't get ten pounds. I had gained five pounds. What matters to the master is that you occupy. Mm-hmm. You got yourself busy with the gift that he gave you. Mm-hmm. What matters to the master is that you work with what he gave you. Amen. And so what did he say to this one? Who did not gain ten pounds, but five pounds? And he said, likewise, he said the same thing. To him, be thou also over five cities. Wow. Yeah. wow. Yeah, I'm giving you five more cities to occupy. Wow. And another king saying, Lord, behold, here is thy tongue, which I have kept laid up in a napkin. This palm that you gave me, I have kept. Laid up in a napkin, wrapped, protected, for I fear thee, because thou art an austere man, you are a mean man. Thou takest up that thou leadest not down. You take what you have not laid down, and you reap where you have not sown. So this person came and said, Lord, you saved me. You gave me salvation. I came to church. Every day I was in church. I prayed. I asked for forgiveness. When I sinned, I prayed. I always read the Bible. I equipped myself because I know that there is hell. And I didn't want to go to hell. I know you can be mean and put people in hell. So I present myself. I kept myself. I did not sin. Every time I was in church. Every time they were praying, I came. And here I am. I was wrapped nicely in a napkin of your word, protected, covered. Here I am. Mercy. Are you listening? Yes. And what did the master say? The master. And he said unto him, Out of thine own mouth will I judge thee. Thou wicked sinner. You have classmates. 
you had co-workers, you had family members, cousins, brothers, sisters, and every time you just kept yourself wrapped in a napkin of my word, protected and saved, and you overlooked all these people, you didn't say anything about what I gave you, you didn't trade with them, you kept it. Hallelujah. Amen. And what is it? 
when I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die, and thou givest him not warning, nor speakest to warn the wicked from his wicked way, to save his life, the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity. He says, when I give warning, when I say unto the wicked person, the way you are living your life, you are going to die in your sins. You are going to die in your sins. So give him this warning for me. And if you do not speak to warn him for me, to save his life, that same wicked man shall die in his iniquity or in his sin. But, say but, but his blood will I require at thy hand. His blood will I require at thy hand. I will require his blood from you. That cousin of yours, God is going to require his blood from you. Her blood from you. That brother of yours, that sister of yours, if he dies in his sin or in her sin, God is going to require. What does that mean? What does it mean to require somebody's blood at thy hand? Blood will be required at thy hand. What does it mean? And Bishop writes here about the story of a real story. He says, I remember when my father, his father was a lawyer, was an attorney for a man who was accused of murder. And E.S. Adley, our first lady Adley, was also a lawyer. And she was working with Bishop Saki, who was at that time also a lawyer. And they were working with Bishop's father as junior lawyers on this interesting case. And what was the case? So, in the courtroom, he says both the families of the accused and the deceased were present in court. So, someone has committed murder, and in court, on the day of judgment, the families from both sides have, have come to court to hear. He says, before the jury gave its final verdict, Reverend Saki had to make the final address in defense of the accused man. The path to capacity courtroom was tense as both families followed the proceedings. All concerned parties wanted to know whether this man was guilty or not. What was happening? People were gathered in that courtroom, tense, and people were requiring the blood of the slain farmer from the hands of the accused. They wanted the accused to be judged guilty and he must pay for it. That is what it means that the blood of the person will be required at thy hand. It means that you have committed murder. You are not witnessing to someone. The Bible says God will require the blood of that sinner at your hand. Now it simply means that you will be asked to answer for a murder charge. Wow. 
You made it to heaven, but now you are facing a leather charge. No one accuses of murder here or there, but in heaven, you are being accused of murder. Amen. Amen. That is what happens when you refuse to warn sinners by refusing to hold evangelism, by refusing to hold crusades, by refusing to be involved in evangelism. You are being charged with murder. Amen. Amen. Be zealous about evangelism. Be zealous. Let it be your goal that any time there is such an opportunity, you'll be a part of it. Because he said that if you want a person who is a sinner, you have delivered yourself. Now you have delivered yourself. Are you listening? Why would anyone want to be an evangelist? It is not the most thankful job. And it's not, not the most rewarding job. But you will find out in eternity that it is the most rewarding job. So let it be your choice. Choose to be an evangelist. Choose to be someone who witnesses. Choose to be someone who shares Christ with others. Hallelujah. And God will bless you. Amen. Amen. Are you going to be an evangelist? Are you going to evangelize to someone? Hallelujah. The next one, you must be a soul winner because that is the reason why Jesus came to the earth. Are you surprised? You must be a soul winner because that is the reason why Jesus came to the earth. Jesus came to the earth because of soul winning. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 19, verse 1. Luke chapter 19 and verse 1. He says, And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. Are you all listening? I want all of your attention. Don't be on the phone and text Please. I want all of your attention. If you are on the phone, perhaps you are writing the scripture as a minister to you. But do not be texting. Amen. Amen. Do not be texting. He says, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. Jesus passed through Jericho. And there was a man named Zacchaeus. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. 
you shall receive what? Power. Power. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. The Holy Ghost is the mighty power that Christ gave to us. That is why I was saying that if you are going to do what the Holy Spirit was given for, you will always be with him. Hallelujah. Amen. And the Bible says, you will receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So anyone who claims to have the power of the Holy Spirit and can do things, you can speak in tongues, you can pray for someone to be healed, you can pray for manifestations of the Holy Ghost, the main thing that was given this power for, it says, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. Amen. You will be a witness when that power comes upon you. It turns you into a witness for Christ. It says, you will be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Hallelujah. Amen. That is what the Holy Spirit is giving for. The power of the Holy Spirit is given to equip you, to make you powerful to be a witness. To be bold enough to talk to people about Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. To be bold enough to witness to someone about salvation. Hallelujah. Amen. So when Jesus gives you power, when he says there is power in this church, what we must see is that this is a soul winning church. When anyone says there is power in the church, what we must see is that the church is about soul winning because the Holy Spirit equips people to be soul winners, to be witnesses. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 28. You have the NIV. Let's read from verse 16. Matthew chapter 28 and verse 16. Look at that. I'm sharing some very important things with you. Joseph, are you listening? He says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus has told them to go. This uh, 11 out of the 12 that Jesus had been with and trained and equipped and ministered to show them things, showed, taught them the ministry, showed them how to do things, how to preach. He says, he told them, just a moment, he says, and then these 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. But the next verse, he said, then Jesus, this is after Jesus had resurrected. And he told them to go and wait for him. Then Jesus came to them and said, great announcement. I want you to listen. Are you ready? This was just before he left them. He came to give them this assurance. He said, all upon me. That means all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus, 
is saying, all power, all authority in heaven and in earth have been given to me. Power, I possess it. What am I going to do with it? He's going to tell them. Are you ready? Oh, yes. Listen. He says, therefore, as a result of this power that I have from heaven and on earth, when you command on earth, the heavens heal and it gets the fall. I have power from heaven and on earth as a result of that power. Because of that power, he says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Go and witness to all people. Go and witness. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And I give you an assurance. He says, I have power. I have power. And he says, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, say surely, say surely, say surely, I am with you always, always. I will be with you with the power that I have received from heaven and on earth. With this authority, I am with you. I have received it just to back you, to be with you as you go. He says, surely, I am with you always to the very end of the age. It's only to do that. That is why the power of the Holy Spirit is in a place where it is meant for this world. Wow. Are you listening? Oh, yes. So don't be deceived about going to places and receiving a few power. If they are not talking about salvation, if they are not talking about teaching the people to witness, the power does not stay. Because this is the purpose of the power. What is the purpose of an army that the country raises and the government pumps in so much money to buy submarines, to buy all kinds of weapons and aircraft, war aircrafts and all kinds of ammunition and buy so much and the, the, the army is so strong and powerful and all they do is stay at the base and they are having parties. They are celebrating their birthdays and then they are having marriage weddings and they are having babies and having adorings and all kinds of things. And this, when there's war, they say we are not born. <laughs> when there's war, they say we are not born. Now you tell me, will the government continue to pump money and equip them and give them power to become a powerful army. And that is what happens to churches. When we are equipped, when we are equipped with the power and we don't use the power to do what it is meant for. I want to read one scripture with you. Can I read one scripture with you? Yes. And I'm close. First Samuel. First Samuel chapter 17. First Samuel chapter 17. And let's read from verse 24. 
1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 24. Do you remember the story about David and Goliath? Oh, yes. Do you remember when Goliath had harassed the army of Israel and harassed them for years? Intimidate them day and night. And this army, large army of Israel, they were so afraid of this one man. They have been equipped, but they were so afraid. So verse 24, there was one of such events where the army of Israel had gathered and the army of the Philistines on the opposite side and Goliath stands up again to intimidate them. He was a giant. And David was a young boy, a young shepherd. And the Bible says, when the Israelites saw the man, this is Goliath, when they saw the man, they all ran from him in great fear. The whole army, equipped with their uniforms, their guns, their swords, their shields, they ran away for this one man. Now, the Israelites have been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defile Israel. The king will give great wealth I want you to listen very carefully. He says the king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. The king will give what? Great wealth. I didn't hear you. Great wealth. Not small wealth. Great wealth. The king will give great wealth to the man who will kill him. He will also not great wealth. He will also give him his daughter in marriage. And not only that, he will exempt his father's house, his father's family from taxes. And this is the rest of the generation, entire generation, from generation to generation. Do you know what that means? That means that whatever you work for will belong to you. It will come to your mouth. It is great favor.
Because if you if you gain if you have a thousand dogs and your bills total nine hundred and eighty-five, how much are you left? Fifty dollars. But if I have a hundred dollars and my bills total thirty-five dollars, how much do I have? So we drink. So you see, we want all these benefits. We want the wealth. We want great riches from the Lord. We want good marriages. We want favor. Yeah. Mm. But it is for them who go to the wall. He asked this. He said, anyone who will go, these things will be added to you. Anyone who will go. And so listen. Can we read on? Let's read on. We are talking about the Holy Spirit. That's what has brought us here. He said, David asked the man standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? This was his concern. This was what was troubling his heart. That the man defiles the army of the living God. They repeated to him what they had been saying and told him, this is what will be done for the man who kills him. Then Eliab, a man was his brother, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with a man. You know, there are some people in the church that are called older brothers. They have been in the church for a long time. They don't like to be troubled. They like to be in the army quietly. You know, we come to check Sunday. Then we go home. Then we come. Then we go home. We are the lost family. So they don't like too much, you know, aggression and activity. We are doing this. We are doing that. Let us come on Sunday and then go home and come. And they will come. So he was in the army. And then he heard his brother speaking with a man. He burned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the desert? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down here only to watch the battle, didn't you? <laughs> now, what have I done? Said David, Can't I even speak? The Indian version says, Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Do we not see what is happening? Is there not a cause for this gathering? Is there not a purpose why the army was raised? Is there not a cause for this gathering of the army? He asked. He turned away to someone else. Always turn away to someone else who is in the lost army who wants to go to the war. Always, always turn away. When you find yourself being discouraged, about doing the Lord's work, turn away from people who discourage you. And that is what he turned away. He turned away. He said, forget you. You are my brother. Yes, I know we went to the same school. We are from the same place. We do the we did the same, we live in the same house. But when it comes to the Lord's force, let me turn away and go on and focus on the Lord's force. So he said, he turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter. And the man answered him as before. What David said was overheard when reported to Saul. It was overheard. 
when it was reported to Saul. You know, I believe that all the people were having different kinds of conversations. They were talking about all kinds of things. They were having all kinds of discussions. But there was one person who was talking about something that matters to the king. Something that matters to the leader. He was concerned about that. And when that is your concern, it brings you before the king. It brings you before the Lord. It draws you closer. When the Lord's mother consents you, it draws you closer. So he says, David's conversation, as he kept talking to the men, it came to the attention of the king. And then what happened? He said, David said to Saul, let no one else lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. He said, your servant will go and fight him. I will go and fight him. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. This is another voice of Satan. Okay? Even though he's a pastor, he's discouraging you from going for evangelism. He's discouraging you from going for what the Lord's cause is. Turn away. Turn away. You've got to turn away. He said, you cannot fight him. You are only a boy. And he has been fighting man from his youth. He has been a fighting man. But then he said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep when a lion or a bear came and carried off the sheep from the flock. And I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its head, struck it, and I killed it. Your servant has both killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defiled the armies of the living God. And now listen, he said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine because I am going to fight the Lord's army. Hallelujah. The fight is about the Lord. And the fight is of the Lord. He says he will be with me. He has promised that he will be with you if only you are going to fight his war. Saul said to David, this is the part I want you to pay attention. Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Amen. Go and the Lord be with you. Now, I want you to see who gets equipped. Who gets the power. Which church receives the power of the Holy Spirit? Which army needs to be equipped? Which soldier needs to be equipped with the power to fight? So that then the Bible, the Bible says, then Saul dressed David, dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and bronze helmet on his head. Not on any of the soldiers. Brothers and sisters, the power of the Holy Spirit that fights giants like Goliath, the power of the Holy Spirit that equips churches, that equips Christians, that makes the Christian power, that makes the minister power, that power of the Holy Spirit is given to the one who is ready to fight the enemy. So not any of the soldiers that were there, but David, the one who was ready to fight the enemy, the 
Bible says that the king was ready to disrobe and equip him. Jesus says, He says, You have received power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Yes. You have received power. You have received power. Therefore, go and be witnesses unto you. He says, All power from heaven and on earth have been given to you. Therefore, go. 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 Go to all nations. And I promise you, for sure, I will be with you. The Holy Spirit will be with you anywhere you go if your goal in life is to win souls. That is why, that is why, listen, that is why one of the best times, one of the best times, listen to a secret, one of the best times to get a lot attention for your needs in prayer is the time that you are going witnessing. When you are going for evangelism and there is a pressing need in your life, talk to the Lord. He's near you. He's there with you. He has promised. He says, I will be with you always at the time. If only you are going. If your goal, if this walk down the street was about soul winning, that is the time to pray. Mm-hmm. And ask the Lord about your need. Mm-hmm. And he's near you. Put your hands together for the Lord. Father, we are grateful and thankful. We thank you for your word this afternoon. We pray, Lord, may we not be by the armies of the people of Israel who are equipped and still in the base and be afraid of the enemy. But your word says, we have received power because of the Holy Spirit. And it has turned us into witnesses. Oh Lord, cause us to move. And like we let Philip lead us, lead us to souls that you have prepared. Lead us to souls that you have touched. Walk with us according to your promise. Go with us as your promise. And transform us into witnesses by the power of your spirit. We thank you. We adore you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for giving us a church whose vision is about so many. We are grateful. We are thankful in the name of Jesus. We glorify your holy name. Oh, Jesus. Thank you.
with this powerful message. Come worship with us at the Kodesh Family Church located at 1810 Randall Avenue, Bronx, New York at 2 p.m. every Sunday. God bless you.